You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. The world is filled with many questions, such as, did giants exist? What is junk DNA? Does it mean that you're trash? Do you ever wonder if aliens have underwater bases in our oceans, and that's why there are so many UFO sightings off the coasts of islands all over the world? How serious even is climate change, and when should we start building our rafts? Hello, everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Bruna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore the answers to these questions and many, many more in our new podcast, Mystery Mystery of Everything, Everything. available everywhere you get your podcasts. Monster House presents... Monster Talk is proud to be a part of the Airwave Media family, home of such shows as Fork in the Road, Small Things Often, and Therapist Uncensored. If you'd like to advertise on this show, contact sales at advertisecast.com. You can enjoy extended commercial-free versions of this show by joining us at patreon.com forward slash monstertalk. All one word, M-O-N-S-T-E-R-T-A-L-K. For as little as $2 a month, you can enjoy longer interviews, unbleeped language, and bonus episodes exclusive for patrons. And if $2 a month is not workable for you, but you still want to help out, be sure and leave us a positive review on your podcasting platform of choice iTunes reviews in particular can help bring in new listeners and your positive reviews really make a difference. If you want to learn other ways to help out, visit monstertalk.org forward slash support, where you can find even more ways to help keep this show going. Thank you to all of you who are supporting us with your hard-earned money and valuable time. We are humbled and grateful and hope that we always live up to or even exceed your expectations. It's actually quite unlike anything we've ever seen before. A giant hairy creature, part ape, part man. In Loch Ness, a 24-mile-long bottomless lake in the highlands of Scotland, it's a creature known as the Loch Ness Monster. Welcome to Monster Talk, the science show about monsters. I'm Blake Smith. And I'm Karen Stoltzner. Hey, what follows is our last episode of 2023 for our patron listeners and the first episode of 2024 for our regular feed listeners. 
It can be challenging to book guests during the end of the year holiday, so we decided to talk about a few news stories from 2023 that we felt were Monster Talk topics or at least Monster Adjacent. And we complain and critique the media a lot on the show, largely around of how it covers topics like the ones we're touching on today. But listeners will recall that one of my mantras on this show is that in the world of cryptozoology, you can see the full spectrum of human belief writ small. Well, similarly, I would say that in critiquing paranormal news coverage, you can also see the shortcomings of journalism writ small here as well. But here's the thing. It might be somebody's job to try and fix what's broken in journalism. The whole field's being challenged by issues far bigger than whether or not they should stop doing whimsical takes on the paranormal or cryptozoological. But none of us is in a position to fix these shortcomings. Yet, we're all in a position to train ourselves to be more critical media consumers. I hope the things we discuss on our show will help you stop and consider all the ways that bias, tone, sensationalism, clickbait, and other journalistic perils can be detected and accounted for by training yourself to be critical media consumers. So what follows is a lighthearted look at a tiny subset of the weird news from 2023. And one more note, the day before we recorded this, I adjusted the gain on my microphone and I did not get it set back properly. I've done my best to normalize, but I do sound like I'm recording from a 1978 CB radio. But I do wish to convoy my deepest apologies, and as we keep on trucking into 2024, I will try to do better going forward. Monster Talk. Here we are for the final Monster Talk for 2023. And what a great opportunity to look back at the news stories that we didn't cover, because <laughs> that's not what our show does. <laughs> well, yeah, there are just too many, I think, to cover, but we're joined by Matt Baxter again. Happy New Year. Greetings. Happy New Year. Yeah, a couple of hours to go still. I start saying Happy New Year as soon as we get past Christmas here. That's, so, that's, do, so do I. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, as you said, that we're going to look at some cryptid cases for this year. And uh, I, there, it seems like there's something new every day. It would be difficult to keep up with all of them. You know, the big reason I think we don't try to be a news service, like a monster news thing, is because sometimes the stories are super low quality. And you sort of can mm -hmm. like summarize them in two minutes or, or figure them out really quick. And it's, it's unusual that one will really be a, worthy. a game changer. <laughs> yeah, worthy of a deep dive, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. And when they yeah. do become worthy of deep dives, that's what we do. So, But uh, it is yeah. fun to look at these stories. And, and some of these are – not all these are monsters, but they're all weirdly we, – well, they're weird. It's like the weird in review. Yeah, and some are flimsy, that's for sure. <laughs> some? <laughs> well, okay, all of them. <laughs> well, let's get this kind of very, I, I guess, flimsy story out of the way, uh, Blake, one that, that you'd heard about. Uh, Matt, I'm not sure how familiar you are with this one, but the humanoid creature discovered oh. in Nigeria. Yeah. So this goes back to February too. I'm finding this interesting. There was a lot of activity, cryptid activity and just strange paranormal activity in February of this year. So there's very little information on this humanoid creature in Nigeria. So uh, as we often find with these kinds of stories, it wasn't reported in scientific literature, but uh, on TikTok and uh, coast mm -hmm. to coast AM Best as well. place to get your news. Exactly. And so this creature was spotted on a rooftop and the location isn't mentioned we're just told that it, this was a community somewhere in Nigeria. So we're not given any specifics at all. And so some people said this creature crash landed 
on the roof, which makes me think that there could be some kind of UFO kind of story yeah, behind this. I saw a lot of people talking about it as though it was an alien. That was interesting. Mm. Well, alien, yeah. I didn't read anything about aliens, but it, crash landing sounds like it's some kind of alien story. Yeah. But uh, most people said that this looked like a, a humanoid creature that was half man and half animal, possibly the head of a horse. Um, no, I, I would say more like an eight, eighth, maybe an eighth horse, because eighth, only eight, yeah. <laughs> because a whole lot of it was human. Yeah, it. it well, so yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, you, you have a look. Uh, so this this creature was spotted on a rooftop, and you have this gathering of people, and a lot of the reports said that they were baffled. I'm not too sure because the, one of the videos I saw it looked like they were kind of laughing, and uh, I, I guess. I, what else is there to do um, in a, a tiny little community um, but to, I guess, gather around something strange like this? Someone being on a roof, I think, in and of itself is kind of weird. But uh, the, this creature's kind of going down the roof, sliding down the roof. And uh, to me, it does look like a, a man wearing a headscarf and, or maybe a mask. Or a but mask. if you look at people in the audience too, um, a lot of them are wearing headscarves. So I think it could be just a headscarf that blends in with the color of the roof and the background. Uh, so I don't think it's terribly interesting, although at the time uh, it was a, a big story on TikTok and Coast to Coast. It's, it's been a little bit since I looked at the video, but it seemed to me that the people in the crowd were much more sharp than the actual being coming down the slope of the roof. He looked a lot more yeah. pixelated. Yeah, um, he was kind of blurry. It yeah, was difficult so it was, to see what you were looking at. Yeah, um, and, and even if that was taken with a, a, a cell phone or whatever, it just seems like it could have been a little better quality. Um, yeah. When cell phones, are, you have to zoom in really far on cell phones. They don't lose quality like that. That looks more like something that's been uh, reproduced online. Affected. You know, it okay. been, yeah, it's been downscaled and everything, so. I mean, well, it, well, my it, guess is that it was a man. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, it looks very much like a suit. Super baggy. Um, mm. Like the skin would be very, very baggy, you know. But it does look like – you'll. it's very brown, matches the roof, you know. It, it does, uh, matches the roof really well. Yeah. Um, but not, not like in a predator totally kind of way. <laughs> just, it just, right. Yeah, just, not camouflage. Yeah, no. it just, it just seems not advanced be, technology. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot. There was a time in the mid 2000s when a lot of these stories were coming out of Africa. And, and Africa is a continent, not a country. Just a little reminder. But it's lots of different cultures have now. You know, they especially in Africa, they have a lot of cultures with masks and costume. Is you know, and so mm -hmm. it's real easy to take something that is a well understood public thing. And then mm -hmm. repurposing it to play on the ignorance of outsiders like uh, me right. or oh, other yeah. Americans. Look at this bizarre yeah. thing from another country. You can't understand what the people are saying because you don't speak their language. And we're going to tell you yeah. it's a monster and not a local villager having some fun. You know, so. Yeah. I, I, well, I think... Having said that, too, there's a lot of superstition there, uh, particularly in Nigeria. And uh, so there's a, a, a possibility because it was the story did come out of Nigeria, too. So yeah. it was being reported uh, from there. So it, it could be uh, – maybe it's like a kind of wacky news story. We don't know quite what it is, and more is being made of it than there really is. But uh, it's yeah. certainly human 
in origin. Absolutely. Well, you know, we don't know. With this coming out of Nigeria, with all the people gathering around the way they were, could this have been the Nigerian prince and he was finally distributing that money? I think that's probably what it was. That's a really good guess. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> Uh, well, moving on, Matt, do you want to talk about maybe one of the bigger stories this year, the Colorado Bigfoot? Biggerfoot, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But Blake and I uh, were lucky enough to get to jump on this one and uh, do a quick uh, YouTube video on it. So if you go to our YouTube channel, you can actually see the little report we did on it. But what, mm -hmm. it, you know, there was a couple of people on a train between uh, Silverton and Durango. They uh, probably about four people, maybe on an entire train of people saw Bigfoot sitting out mm -hmm. in the sticks up against the, the slope of the mountain and uh, did not alert everybody else on the train for some reason. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Now, the footage is interesting when you look at it and see it and you're like, uh, so, uh, Bigfoot is hard to see. I can see the guy in the ghillie suit. Um, <laughs> but it's hard to see Bigfoot. Yeah. No, but the, it, it does. There are moments that it looks like Bigfoot a little bit, but it, it's a guy. Until you, you know, see the sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the image that the New York Post put on their front page or, you know, of the of the article, I guess. Push the Bigfoot story. Yeah. I mean, it's not unlike the guy in Nigeria on the roof, really, the way he's kind of sitting yeah. on the, the yeah. mountain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't think it's outrageous to think that Bigfoot's eyes don't get a little squinty at the sun as well. well yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe he found a pair of sunnies and he uh, put them on. And yeah, that, that's fair yeah. enough. I, I as think good so. a theory I, as any. It is. It truly is. But so so yeah. But basically, it uh, it's another one of those stories. Probably one of the more compelling ones, and yet flimsy. As mm -hmm. And like I said, just, I mean, you look around at the evidence at, at the, you know, nobody on the train made any stink about it, you know, and yet they filmed all the, you know, took all these pictures and filmed all yeah. this video Suspicious. of him walking around and yet nobody was alerted in the, you know, I mean, if it was truly Bigfoot, I think they might've even stopped the train. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. And, uh, you know, notoriously from, you know, uh, old movies, we know that trains are very difficult to stop. But. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I will say, too, on a lot of those uh, railroad trips around uh, Colorado, we've been on a few of them with a, a boy mm -hmm. who's a, an aficionado of trains. They often have Bigfoot cardboard cutouts just for mm -hmm. fun and little kind of statues and things like that. So Hiding when I first trees. heard about this, I thought, oh, it's one of one of those. But no, it's, right. it's a little, little different, but still uh, within this, the same realm of normal well yes. I, have, I haven't done a formal study but i i've been taking a lot of pictures where i see people with bigfoot images on their vehicles and it feels Ooh, like yeah. to some extent bigfoot has become kind of a a totem or an icon mm. of you know mm -hmm. back to nature or you know the spirit natural animal in masculinity you know a couple of concepts there yeah um, and, yeah and, 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 and so, beer 
and beer and, yeah. beer and jerky <laughs> and all those uh, yeah, the, the commercialization as well but i too we have uh, i see them all over the place where people are getting you know life-size or near life-size bigfoot cutouts and figures and you know mm-hmm. leaving them in their yards or in the it, it hit, barely hidden in the woods so yep. um it's it's to becoming scare a pair- away the crows maybe like an owl yeah, or you know, mm-hmm. attracting the rednecks, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, um, yeah it is. A, you're right. It is very iconic now. That image, uh, not even so much the Patterson Gimlin one, but a, a kind of stylized version of it that is. on it, T-shirts. It, it, it's and, quite literally and become and, an icon. Stickers. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, there's a, a garden shop not too far from uh, Karen and I here, and they have a what would be a life size uh, statue. It uh, looks like it's, you know, a, a sort of a cement kind of, you know, uh, sculpture of of Bigfoot. And, you know, and I've seen small versions of it. I've seen bigger version, you know. But this one is like what life size would be of a Bigfoot. Concrete evidence. And Seven, eight feet. Concrete yeah. evidence. And they're selling it. You know, I mean, that it's it's people are buying it is, is really what I'm saying. Yeah. And what are they doing yeah. with those? Yeah, it's like those wood carvings uh, when you go up to Bigfoot country in uh, California, too. You'll see a lot of Bigfoot carvings and bear carvings. and that. Yeah. So it's, it's that kind of thing. It's a real... Often made out of logs or trees, right? Yes. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but it's yeah certainly um, very popular culturally around the country. Such a big idea. Uh, one might almost yeah. say mythic in its proportions. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what's next? Just still got more on our list. I want to hear more about Rat Boy. Rat Boy. This is a, I don't even know how to describe it, I guess a donation to a museum uh, in Indiana, um, the Wayne County Historical Museum. So they received an unusual package that someone had left no information to say, to identify the donor in any way. Uh, and yeah, they, they looked, checked their security camera footage and they just couldn't find anything. So this this thing appeared it was a package and um they they call it the richmond rat boy now and it is uh, i don't know it to look at go and google it if you haven't heard of it um it looks it, it's very reminiscent to me of the fiji mermaid so um the the claim is that there was a note that came with a donation saying that uh, this was a, a gift uh that someone had uh, had who'd worked for a circus that had frequented the area in the, the 1920s or the 1930s. But it seems like it's made a, out of plaster of Paris and clay and it's got kind of animal claws and animal hair pasted onto it. Some people think it looks more like a pig than a rat um, or it looks like a, a little boy. So it's it's very strange. Definitely go Google it, take a look at it. Um, and it's, I guess they've got lots of kitschy things at this museum already. So they decided to adopt it and they have it on display. Um, uh, I think there's some claims too, that it, uh, might, uh, contain some bad juju. It looks like it, uh, needs to be blessed or, or, um, uh, or something like that. Cause it's just got a very creepy look to it, but well, it's, it's, it's nice that they gave it to a museum instead of the new Kirks. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all the Zaphuses or, yeah, any of those. But it does <laughs> look like a classic circus gaffe. And you've just summed up everything I just said in, in two words. Um, so, yeah, that's that's exactly what it looks like. Uh, but it does look like it's old. I mean, it could have been aged, but it does look like it's something that's been around for a little while. Yeah. And that's from 
the pictures. And I think I think those circus guests, especially if they can get provenance for it, I mean, they do have some historical significance, even if they're not real. They, you know, there was a time they, they mm. have a cultural significance that's appropriate for a museum. But we, we've mm. had on guests to talk about the, the structure of Fiji mermaids, how they were put together, uh, uh, you right. know, Ginny Hanover's, that sort of thing. And I don't know why I never thought of it before, but with this story today, it suddenly occurred to me that they might be called gaffs. As I, right, that's just what they call them. But I thought maybe it's because they have, if you'll pardon the French pun, faux paws. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so it's an interesting looking thing. Um, I, I think it'd be fun add this to the bucket list of things to go and see. Um, but, yeah, this this goes back to May uh, of this year, and, uh, yeah, people are still talking about it. So it's, it's definitely an odd story, but not a cryptid, I, I don't think. Yeah, I would agree. What do you think next? Hello, I'm Paul Giamatti. And I'm Stephen Asma. Each week on Chinwag, we dig into the weird topics you wonder about, that you care about, the stuff none of us are totally sure of, like the Bermuda Triangle, Mothman, Consciousness, Philosophy, UFOs, Ghosts, or, say, Bigfoot. So who's to say that there's not alien species that are Sasquatch? Like I've seen a ghost, and I would hear something walking and breathing. Maybe every path is right. I will accept as a premise that every path is right. That is a face on Mars. Eyes, nose. It kind of looked like Wilson the volleyball. Some people enjoy the waves or whatever uh, crashing, and I enjoy listening to a quantum physics audiobook. I do think there are many things in the world that we just don't understand yeah. and probably won't understand. That's our yeah. whole show. <laughs> so join us every Wednesday on all major podcast platforms and find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at ChinwagPod and Wagon. We've got a podcast recommendation I think will be really fun and or useful for Monster Talk listeners. I Know Dino, the big dinosaur podcast. Studying dinosaurs can teach us about the prehistoric world, but also the world of today. For example, migration patterns of dinosaur lineages can tell us about the Earth's changing continents. Climate models of dinosaur ecosystems help us understand global warming. Studying dinosaur diets can help show the link between plant and animal evolution. Talk about paleo. Hmm. In many dinosaur injuries, <laughs> paleopathologies are the first known occurrences of diseases. A new episode of I Know Dino comes out every week with new dinosaur discoveries you won't hear about anywhere else. You can find I Know Dino on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So how about Matt? Do you want to talk about uh, Champ? If you're just glancing um, at uh, Champlain, that looks a lot like complain. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have to complain about this one. Um, yeah, it, it's basically what happened is somebody was on a boat, uh, Lake Champlain. Mm -hmm. They had their little, you know, fish uh, um, radar. Sonar. And sonar. Mm -hmm. Thank Sorry. you. Thank you. Sonar. <laughs> yes. And, and you would know uh, I, more I like than most. Fish. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, well, this nothing is else in your history. Bit like, uh, bit like some of the Loch Ness sightings as well. Then. Well, and and here's what's you know a little, I don't know, played about all of it is we we know where the imagery uh, for the Loch Ness monster came from, 
Um, you know, it, it, it's kind of, well, because of that. Uh, the surgeon's the, photo. The, the surgeon's photo and then King, King the original and... King Kong movie. This is the same thing. It's they're they're looking at this like, okay, plesiosaur is is the answer, um, but this doesn't even look like a good plesiosaur to be honest. Um, you you look at the sonar, and yes, if you're thinking, you know, lake monster, then you can kind of see what it is, but you have no idea of scale, so you don't know how close it is, how far away it is. You don't really know exactly. Uh, I don't know, uh, Blake. When you were when you were in the the service, yeah. Sorry, I have none now that I think about it. All we used was the radar for surface boating. So, but I sure could find a buoy when I needed to. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just wasn't sure if if with that with that, uh, you know, a little bit of knowledge you've got there, how dangerous you would be looking at a, a photo of this uh, the sonar image, and 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 you know, because I know that the different colors mean probably you know different densities exactly. and, and things exactly. like that but it doesn't say anything about distance does it say anything about well, you know it, it's going to depend on the display and i kind of wondered mm -hmm. honestly if this one might have had some um information along those lines that got cropped oh, out you know oh yeah yeah so yeah that's what i was thinking too because i would have thought there would have been something there that uh would have given us a little more to go on so we have no scale mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. We don't know, you know, whatever this thing is, is it static? Is it like, you know, maybe even uh, a structure of some kind in in the, you know, like, uh, you know, are there little little hills and stuff like that in, in under the water there? I don't know if it's just a flat bottom of a lake or if there's any, uh, uh, you know, anything there. But, mm. you know, Plants. I mean, we just don't know. But the thing is, is if it is a creature, which direction is it going? Because once you look at it that way, you know, it, it takes on a completely different look. Yeah. You know, if it's something moving the right. opposite direction, and we we just don't know. So because you know that the head and neck could be a tail, um, mm -hmm. and it could be it could be you know, you know, a really big spermatozoa. Uh, we just don't know. <laughs> People never think of that. They I mean, never do. They it, never do. And it's so obvious right in front of our eyes. It's a blob. You know, I mean, sonar, mm -hmm. like, I mean, you can sometimes th see things that are pretty clear, like ship hulls, that, you know, that kind of thing, right. sunken vessels. Mm -hmm. You know, you can kind of tell when there's underwater terrain. But this is just a colorful mm -hmm. blob. And without more information about how it was captured, it doesn't tell us much. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. you know, I, I kind of want to go and look and see what, like, what does a shark look like on sonar? You know, I, I know there's plenty of images online I should take a look um, mm -hmm. and, and see if just how defined it is, because this just does not seem convincing or thick or dense or whatever. So um, yeah, I'm suspicious. I'm suspicious, you know? Yeah. I, I don't what, well, what, what, what I assume this would just count as pareidolia, except that you're not seeing a, a human. You're seeing, you're not seeing Jesus on toast. You're seeing, you seeing know, whatever you want to see. Something kind of like a, maybe a monster with, but I mean, there's so many different features Monstrous. on here. You know, I I don't know. It, mm -hmm. it it looks like someone trying to spot a plesiosaur in a blob of mm -hmm. clearly ambiguous data. So, yes. Oh well, well, moving on. Should we uh, go back to UFOs, Blake? Sure. Yeah. I mean, this has been a, a huge year 
for uh, you know UFOs. Obviously, disclosure revealed that the government knew all about UFOs and the aliens that had been. Vi- Wait, that's not what happened. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> sorry. sorry. In, in July, this was one of those really great stories uh, for the UFO community, where they finally get a hearing before Congress for the first time. You know, the government. Li- Wait, it's not even the first time. Damn it. Um, so once again, a group of people managed to get with Congress to talk about this question of are we being visited? And this time there was some really dramatic uh, testimony by a guy named David Grush, who was an Air Force personnel and former intel person. And Wasn't he in the Foo Fighters? <laughs> <laughs> That's so Ouroboros, the way that laps around with Foo Fighters and UFOs. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, but, uh, but so David Grush uh, has now become sort of a household name for UFO and UAP enthusiasts in the big in the term non-human biologics. And uh, <laughs> well, it's sounding so technical now, all this UAP. And, it really yeah. does. But ultimately, uh, if you I would sum up this story as guy who works for government heard stories about UFOs from people who told him in confidence that they're real, but provided no evidence. So I heard a cool story. Mm-hmm. Let me tell Congress about it. That's what I heard. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah. until I see a body or uh, uh, you know some yeah. better documentation, that's all this was. So. Well, and can we can we back off here for a second on this whole non-human biologics and and clarify that non-human only means that it's non-human, not non-earthly. What are you saying? What are we, shooting dogs and monkeys into space? Come on, man. That never happens. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, uh, mosquitoes or, you know, it's, it's just that the thing is, is that anything not human, which is most of what's on Earth, is uh, – going to be non-human biologics i don't know it just it just yeah. seems like a, it's well, they made it sound like it was really you know astral yeah, and yeah. uh mm-hmm. astrological no astro ast- astronomical that's what we're <laughs> let's be honest here that uh you know why start now grush is tied in to that same network of people who have been pushing the skinwalker ranch and underneath the mm-hmm. ufo scrape it off and you'll find you know sort of quasi-theosophical consciousness studies. That's that's what's really going on here. This is about the world is way weirder and more mysterious, and the government knows, you know. So mm-hmm. we just need to prove it so that we can, you know, change the conversation, which is why, you know, Pasolka's out there writing books about this being a new religion. It is a new religion. You know, it, it mm-hmm. is. It, it's, I don't know how new it's it definitely is. definitely parallel I was going to say, it's not even that new. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this mm-hmm. has been going on since the theosophists, you know, hooked into the UFO world in the 50s. So... It's it's mm-hmm. the same message. You can repackage it how you want, but some people want yeah. the world to be magical, and they're willing to like do whatever mm-hmm. they can. And using the government mm-hmm. and having this hearing as a way to like bolster and anchor your your story in the sort of uh, um, what, what was it that Laycock called it? Um, like it, it's this, this sort of narrative anchoring oh. for, for for plausibility. Laycock called it transtextual anchoring. But this this anchoring, it's it's absolutely – that's why they wanted this hearing because as soon as you get mm-hmm. a hearing in the public, it's, it's – for many people, that's the same as the Accepted. government acknowledging that it's absolutely true. Exactly. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I think this is something that's going to be ongoing, as you said. It, it's been mm-hmm. around for quite some time. 
And I think speaking of things that are ongoing and have been around for quite some time, and also speaking of, like you referred to, wanting to see a body or something like that, uh, I wanted to raise the Tasmanian tiger or Tasmanian wolf or the thylacine, whatever you want to call the creature. So believed to be extinct since 1936, Sadly, that the last one that we we have uh, evidence for died in a zoo in Hobart, Tasmania, back in 1936. But of course, there are people who believe that uh, they're not extinct; they're still around. And there are theories, even from some scientists, that they may have survived into the 1980s or 1990s or even the the early 2000s. And of course, now there's lots of talk of uh, cloning them, but that's extremely expensive and complicated so we'll have to keep an eye on all these kinds of stories but uh, there have been a number of sightings of the thylacine this year so every year but uh, certainly this year a lot of them and uh, a lot of them were publicized by a group called the thylacine awareness group of (laughs) australia so (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) sounds very Scientific and technical. Yeah, it reminds well, me of those other groups like uh, Tigar that keeps wanting to find the wreckage of uh, Amelia Earhart. It's like, and so they keep they have their mm. own narrative, and so they keep looking for evidence to support their narrative. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's like if it, a group is created just to prove a thing is true, it, you you just know they're going to be really be struggling with all the kind of biases. Well, maybe they won't be struggling because oh, they're not yeah. worried about it. But I, everybody who wants to evaluate the material needs to be aware of the amount of inherent biases built in for people who have an agenda. Mm. Oh, yep, yep. So like this awareness group, this is the group uh, to whom uh, all of the people who have sightings go to. And uh, if you want to check out some of the sightings that have been reported, you can go to YouTube and look those up. But there was a recent sighting in September, and this was uh, – Kakadu National Park, which isn't in Tasmania, it's actually in the Northern Territory. So there aren't too many sightings of thylacines out that away. Usually they tend to be uh, coastal um, around the East Coast and certainly in Tasmania, the majority of them. But this one was in, in Kakadu and it's just one of the largest national parks in Australia, maybe a couple of hundred kilometres away from Darwin. And uh, so early one evening, there was a, a woman who's just traveling around the country and she's going through the park with her two dogs and she spots a thylacine. So she reports it to the thylacine awareness group. And uh, there was a big to do about this, a lot of interest in this particular sighting. And um, so because she had dogs and because she traveled around the country and seen lots of dingoes it was said well she knew what a thylacine was compared to a dingo compared to a dog so that that was kind of the argument um so she said it's not a dingo she said it wasn't a dog wasn't a dingo and it was kind of a skinny uh creature and um if if you go and check out some of the interviews with her too, it really feels like she's being led along. Oh, so you saw it had these bands and it had these stripes, right? And she's like, yeah, yeah. So I think she's kind of led into to believing that she saw something different. But uh, it, it just, from what I've seen, now again, we have no photographs, no body, no footage. This is just another sighting. And I think she probably saw a dingo. And it might have been a malnourished one as well because sometimes they can have that look of being drawn and it might look like 
bent around the body. So maybe it was a hungry dingo. Um, and that's just me speculating, but I think it's more likely that it was a dingo or a dog than a, a thylacine, sadly. Yeah. Well, I know um, the, the thylacine is interesting because it's a marsupial or it was marsupial and it, it, it mm-hmm. fits. It's a beautiful example of convergent evolution where you have this this animal that that sort of fits the niche of a wolf or a fox, you know, or a canid, but it isn't a canid. It's it's mm-hmm. a marsupial, and so when competitors are introduced, uh, like the dingo uh, and the dogs mm-hmm. and the foxes, um, and that th- those are they're they're going to be very very competitive, and especially considering that. Um, the, the Europeans who showed up there, you know, really encouraged the, the lives of the foxes and the dingoes and the dogs and hated and, mm-hmm. and, and put a bounty on the thylacines. So, um, yeah, they were hunted for their pelts and there weren't very many of them really even going back uh, to the uh, the 1800s, late late 1800s. There were only a, was a population of only about 5000 of them. So they were killed off pretty quickly it's it's very sad and but it'll be interesting to watch and see what happens in terms of of uh, cloning and what science uh, yeah i would love to find see, out i mean i i know there's you know all the horror stories aside i think you know these experiments in cloning which we haven't talked to anybody about that in a while it's been more than a decade i think since we, we did our to. episode we on need that. to yeah, whether it's the mammoth or or the thylacine or the Carolina parakeet or the carrier pigeon, there's so many species that we've wiped out and have you know some DNA that we could use. That I, I'd like to see what would happen if we did bring them back. You know, that would be really interesting. Jurassic Park. Oh, you're messing with the natural yeah, order. I, 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 I won't stop <laughs> to wonder whether we should. I just want to see what happens. <laughs> I want to see from Jeff Goldblum running from parakeets. That's <laughs> okay. I'm on board. Me too. <laughs> so this is a shocker, and 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 the other big shocker is that we said the word dingo. I don't know how many times, and didn't throw in the word baby. So I'm really proud of us for that. Well, we've come a long way, dingo. Oh, okay. This show is over. (laughs) Hey, do we want to say anything about how our year went in, in 2023? Um, did, did we have any big accomplishments we're proud of? How, how, how did monster talk, uh, fare through, throughout the year of 2023? Wow. We did, I, I, you know, this, you've asked me and I didn't prepare. Didn't we cross like, are we like at 7 million downloads now? It's, I don't know. It's some a lot. It's a big number. You know, Blake, you said 9 million. Maybe was, so that's we've, what we've it was. It was 9 million. We've nine. crossed 9 million. That's right. Yeah, we've crossed 9 million downloads. Sorry. Wow. Of course, we've gone to a weekly format as well. Yeah. So uh, a lot of changes for Monster Talk with uh, shorter episodes, uh, and we've had good feedback about that too. People yeah, love the deep dives, but yeah, they also that's... like the – shorter bites of monster talk right and that's what that's weekly as in w-e-e-k that's right um <laughs> Correct. The yes. still very every strong. week, um, every week. Yeah. yeah thank you for clarifying uh, it's important though because i think some of our topics do deserve a deep dive and i think being able to split those mm-hmm. into a couple of episodes has been has worked well because i think it suits mm-hmm. my I, I tend to have a preference for long form, but I know that the audiences typically, our 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 research suggests audiences prefer the thirty minute format. So I hope yes, we're able yes. to meet both needs well. And that's a really good question. So let us know what you think. But um, yeah, it, it certainly yeah. seems to be working well. We've you know the advertising. We're in our second year of doing advertising. 
Um, the whole industry as a whole is the whole industry as a whole is redundant. Me saying it that way, but anyway, they, it's struggling because I think uh, last year Spotify dumped so much cash into podcasting, and now it's turned out that uh, that was a dumb idea, um, and which is causing a lot of confusion among advertisers. So if you are enjoying the show on the free feed and you're using the advertising, please do click or you know use the things and. Try the codes and support our advertisers because we really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And if you hate the advertising and like extra content, I have to remind you that our patron is there. And man, if we could do anything in 2024, I would love it if we could get our Patreon content up to 2000 a month. That would be life-changing for both Karen's family and mine. It would just be wonderful. It would, and we really do appreciate the, the support. And we put a Absolutely. lot of effort and research into the show. So, yeah, we... We appreciate uh, our listeners and, and we do love to hear from you as well with your ideas and feedback, comments. Absolutely. Great. Absolutely. And, and uh, we look forward to 2024 with hope and, and uh, you know, just it really. And monsters. Looked, and monsters. And we were hoping that 2024 is, a, <laughs> you know, prosperous and, and, and pain-free, wonderful year. I've got a lot of anxiety around politics in America, but you won't find it on Monster Talk. We're not going to be doing that here. So if you need to get away from all that Except stuff, for that. 2024, come here because I will not be talking about it. <laughs> Except for that, yeah. yeah. That was it. That was the politics oh. for next year. <laughs> well, thank you for, for checking in, everyone, and uh, Happy New Year. And we're really excited about uh, – what uh, we're going to bring to the show for 2024. That's right. Wishing you peace and good fortune, uh, health and prosperity. Hang in there. It's going to be okay. Monster Talk. You've been listening to Monster Talk, the science show about monsters. I'm Blake Smith. And I'm Karen Stolzner. You just heard our end of 2023 Weird Story Roundup. We've got lots of interesting things lined up already for 2024 and look forward to providing you with a safe space for critical thinking and a hopefully politics-free zone during the upcoming United States election cycle. From the Monster Talk family, we wish you all a prosperous and healthy 2024 and hope that you can add your voice to the chorus of reason for this coming year. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Monster Talk. Each episode, we strive to bring you the very best in monster-related content with a focus on bringing scientific skepticism into the conversation. If you enjoy Monster Talk, we now have a variety of ways to support the show, all with convenient links at monstertalk.org forward slash support. That's monstertalk.org forward slash support. We have links there to our Patreon page as well as a donation button. Another great way to support the show is to buy books from our Amazon Monster Talk wish list, which directly helps us with our research. We love used books very much, so don't feel compelled to buy new ones. And we love Kindles, so we can share our digital libraries with each other. And finally, without spending any money at all, you can support us by leaving a positive review at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Positive reviews help keep us visible in iTunes, which is a great way to help us find new listeners. And please share our show on your favorite social media platforms. Monster Talk theme music is by Peach Stealing Monkeys. As always, thank you for making Monster Talk a part of your listening life.
This has been a Monster House presentation.